love to just get lost in a movie. Or now, with the, the advent of a thing called Netflix and streaming video, TV shows are becoming even more popular because you can sit and what I like to call binge watch. You can just watch episode after episode after episode. It's really changing how, the view, how we view TV. It's, it's like being transported to another world. There's something magical when you hear once upon a time, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, or it's the Muppet Show. For a little while, you can get lost, get away from your life, you can escape, you can travel to Middle Earth, or to World War II, or back to the future. Of course, there's a problem with that too, right? The problem is we can get so lost in another world that we miss out on our world. It's funny that we do that because there are certain movies that actually show people waking up to the reality of the world, right? Um, this is one of my favorites, The, the Truman Show with Jim Carrey. Uh, in that show, Jim Carrey is born as a little child, and his whole life is a TV show. In this big dome, this fictitious town, all the people in the town are actors, there's cameras everywhere, and he lives out his whole life on camera. You can watch Truman 24-7. And in the movie, he starts to realize that something's amiss. He meets a girl that's not the girl scripted for him, and he starts to reject this world and sort of come into reality. I mean, this is the point behind the movie The Matrix, Inception, one of my favorite movies by Will Ferrell, Stranger Than Fiction where he realizes that his life is being written and narrated by an author who's writing a novel, and he, he, he meets the author who's writing his life and has to sort of work out with her what's going to happen with his future. We love these movies of waking up to reality, but sometimes when we're watching those kind of movies even, we fail to live our own lives. We fail to wake up to the reality that's truly ours. We love to see people on camera do it. But how often do we miss it in our own lives? Now James makes no reference to movies, right? He's not writing in a time that there's movies. There's plays and some other things, but not like we have today. But he does challenge us to wake up to the reality of the world. So we're in James chapter 4, starting in verse... 13. Just a few quick verses. Come now, all you who say, today or tomorrow we will go to such and such a town and spend a year there and trade and make profit. Yet you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are a mist that appears for a little while and then vanishes. Instead, you ought to say, if the Lord wills it, we will live and do this or that. As it is, you boast in your arrogance. All such boasting is evil. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is a sin. Quick couple verses. But I think James is calling for three things. Three things that his audience and we ourselves fail to do in our lives that we see all the time happen in movies, but we often miss out for ourselves. The first thing that stands out to me in this is that question right there in the middle. What is your life? It's a mist. It's a vapor. It's so short. 
Life is so short, and every year that I live seems to go a little bit faster. I can't believe that my kids are the ages that they are. It's amazing to me. I go back and look at pictures, and I'm like, that was like yesterday, when he was like, oh. I mean, life goes so fast, and it can end so quickly, right? I saw a statistic the other day that said 10 out of every 10 Americans will die of something. Take you a second. We don't like to talk about this. In our society, we don't even like to go to funerals. Fewer and fewer people go to funerals. Some people will even skip the funerals to go to the dinners. Okay? But the reality is this life is short, and it can end anytime. You are not promised tomorrow. You are not promised next year. It's short. It goes fast. You can't get yesterday back. As Christians, we don't fear death. That's why we have funerals. That's why we stick to some of those traditions. Because it's, it's not like an ending for us. It's a next step, and it's a better step. But sometimes we fail to realize, in fact, we do everything we can do to avoid how fragile life really is. And I'm going to say it as clearly as I can. Someday I'm going to die. And my parents are going to die. You and I are both going. It's going to happen. One of the great philosophers of film, Ferris Bueller. Everybody remember the movie Ferris Bueller? Ferris decides to skip school for a day and have an adventure. And what does Ferris say? He says, life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while, you could miss it. I think Ferris Bueller is saying a lot of what James is saying here. Your life is a mist. It's a vapor. Here and then it's gone. You better stop and look around once in a while or you'll miss it. When we don't realize how precious life is, then I think we make the second mistake that James is getting at in this text. We lose sight of what's most important in life. In the book of James, in this text, he's saying, you know, the, come on now. That, that's, that's how I would translate that first couple words there. Come on now. You who say you're going to make all these plans. Next year I'm going to make all this profit. I'll go to such and such a place and we'll make a ton of money. That's arrogance. It's arrogance. James is not against planning, but he is about planning for the right things. And profit is not the right thing. In fact, what the right thing really is, is God's will. You're arrogant to think you have another year, because you don't know that. And you're arrogant to think that in this next year you can do all this stuff for yourself. In fact, he goes on to say that you brag in your arrogance. Have you ever experienced a moment in your life where suddenly your priorities are shifted? You lose someone, you get in a car accident, or you narrowly miss a car accident. You found out about somebody else's struggles. Realized in November that my son is nine. He's halfway to college. That was the realization that I put. My wife did not like me saying that. But it's true. And it caused me to really think, am I doing the things I need to do to, to, to develop his character? Because I'm halfway done. It's amazing to think about. You get these moments of insight where you realize what's really important. Right? Two movies about lists. Everybody remember Schindler's List? 
I'm not necessarily recommending all these movies. Some of them are really rough to watch. Um, but Schindler's List is a movie about a man in Nazi Germany who begins to care for the Jews and uses his factory and, and really all his possessions to try to save as many Jews as he can. And in the movie, it's a fascinating transition as he's, he's moving from what he thought was important to what is really important, which is the lives of these people. In fact, at the very end, he's got a pin. And he says, look at this pin. I kept this pin. I was all proud of it. I could have saved another person, maybe a couple people with this. There's these moments where you realize what's really important. In the bucket list, you got Jack Nicholson and Morgan Freeman that are, are older and realize they have this list of stuff they always wanted to do, but they've never done any of it. And he was like, you know what? We're running out of time. We better do those things. Christians seek God's will above all else. That's what we go for. That's what's most important to us. I watched a great movie um, this week with some of the people here from church. It was a documentary called Dropbox. And uh, it was a story of a guy in South Korea named Pastor Lee. And Pastor Lee um, had a special needs son. And so um, he was taking care of a severely handicapped son that he had. And uh, found out about a problem in South Korea where children were being abandoned. Um, especially children with special needs, but all kinds of children that were unwanted were being totally abandoned, just left in the streets. Um, in fact, there were times where they were finding children who had been left in an alley and it was so cold they had died before anyone had found them. And he, he didn't think this was right, and so he, he and his church made a drop box, a box where someone could leave an unwanted baby so that they could be cared for. Hundreds upon hundreds of babies have been left in that drop box. And one of the things we were commenting on at, uh, at King's after the, the movie was how much he was physically wearing down because of all the work he was doing for his kids. His, uh, he wasn't sleeping a lot at night because he had to stay up and listen for the drop box. And so his, his blood sugar was way high, his uh, blood pressure was all over the place. And he was just kind of wearing down, totally giving himself, totally giving himself to the cause that God had put before him. The drop box, when it comes out on DVD, it's, it's a great, great documentary. True story, powerful story. Life is short. We've got to decide what's really important. And that brings us to the third problem. The third thing we fail to do is to really live in today. This, this idea of living in the present, I think, is what's going on in this last verse, verse 17. It sounds out of place, right? So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is a sin. Doesn't seem to fit with anything else going on in this chapter and in this section. Except I think what James is trying to say is that if God has a will and a plan and a purpose for you today and you don't do it, it's a sin. You don't get to just avoid doing bad things. God has good things in this world for you to do and it's your responsibility to do them. God gave you this day. Two movies that I think help explain the problems we get into. How many of you have seen Pixar's Up? Pixar movie Up? Yeah, I'm talking a lot. If you guys haven't seen all these, okay. I, I'm, I'm leaning a little more on kids' movies because I watch more of those. Okay? In the movie Up, there's this gentleman named Mr. Fredrickson. And Mr. Fredrickson has a house that he just won't leave. All his neighbors have sold to this big construction company. 
but he won't leave it. And, and Mr. Fredrickson's problem is he's really stuck in the past. He remembers the good old days of when he used to have his wife and where um, they were very in love. They couldn't have children, but they had a really wonderful life together. But then she got sick and died. And so he was sort of stuck in, two, stuck in the past, stuck in the good days, but also stuck in that time when he lost his wife. And so he kept everything in the house the same. He never really did anything. He just sort of stopped living from there until they were going to take his house. And then he decided to go on this adventure. He puts a bunch of balloons up through his house, totally breaking the laws of physics, by the way, and travels in this house with this uh, boy who is not supposed to be there. He's on the front porch when this all happens. And he goes on an adventure that he and his wife have never gone on. Sometimes we get stuck in the past, stuck in the good old days, stuck in the bad days, and we have trouble moving on from those things. The other movie, definitely not one I'm necessarily recommending right now, is called Collateral with Tom Cruise and Jamie Foxx. Um, in the movie, Tom Cruise is a hitman. He's an assassin. And he forces Jamie Foxx, this cabbie, this taxi driver, to drive him around on an evening where he has to make a number of assassinations. And most of the movie is about their conversations in the cab and their relationship between them. Um, Jamie Foxx says that he is going to someday start a limo business. Someday I'm going to save up for this loan business. And there's one point where Tom Cruise just says, someday. Someday is never going to come. You're never going to do that. How much money you got saved? All, all you need is a down payment for a limo, and you can start your dream, and you're never going to do it. He says, the only reason you say someday is so that you can survive doing exactly what you're doing right now. And I think sometimes this happens to us as people, too. We get stuck in someday. Someday I'm going to do this. Someday this is going to happen. And the problem is, if we live in someday, someday never comes. All we have is today. All we have is today. Or, to quote another good kids movie, um, Kung Fu Panda. This is Master Uwe from Kung Fu Panda. And he one point says to the big panda, he says, yesterday is history, tomorrow is a mystery, but today is a gift. That is why they call it the present. Look, we as Christians, we care very much about the past. We talk a lot about our tradition. We talk a lot about what Jesus has done for us. We care immensely about the past. We care immensely about the future. Because we believe Christ is coming back. We believe this world is going to be changed. We believe this world is important. But we live in the present. We live today. That's all we actually have. And so what we really need to do as Christians is find God's will for today. Today is the only day you've got, and it's a gift, which means God gave it to you for a purpose. There's actually a movie that shows this, right? Groundhog Day. Have you seen Groundhog Day with Bill Murray? Groundhog Day, in, in Groundhog Day, Bill Murray is forced to live the same day over and over and over again. And, it, and he never gets to move on past Groundhog Day. And at first, it's a disaster. He hates it. He tries to kill himself, tries to just do anything to get out of Groundhog Day. But as the movie goes on, he starts to really live Groundhog Day. He tries all kinds of stuff. Like there's a piano teacher in town. He just goes in and gives her a thousand bucks and says, I want to start piano. Because tomorrow, he's going to have it back. So every day, he gets a little bit better at the piano by, by really blessing this lady. And uh, there's a, the girl in it. And 
and uh, eventually he starts, instead of ignoring this girl, starts really getting to know her and starting to interact with her. And as the movie progresses, what, what Bill Murray's character ends up doing is he starts finding all these wonderful things that were there on Groundhog Day. That were always there. It's the same day over and over again. All those opportunities, all those possibilities were always there. But he had to live it over and over and over again until he started to realize it. Suddenly, instead of getting through life and planning for tomorrow, he starts living out the day. That is the call of the Christian. Not to make grandiose plans. And James isn't saying, don't make plans. In fact, his example of a good plan is, if the Lord wills it, we'll do such and such. We're supposed to make plans. But, but we're supposed to make plans realizing that we are in God's hands. And realizing that what we really need to do is follow his will. Now, I will warn you, God asks the characters in the Bible to do crazy stuff. Okay? If, if what you're hearing from God makes a lot of sense, I'm not sure you're really hearing it from God. But if it doesn't make sense, if it's borderline crazy, if you're not sure what the outcome is going to be, well, then I think you might be on to God's will. What's God's will for you today, tomorrow? You're not just called to live out your life vicariously through movies. Your life is a movie. Make every scene count. Let's pray. Father God, we do thank you for entertainment, for movies, for TV, for the way that we can live our lives and get away and escape and learn through these things and be entertained. But Lord, help us to live life. Live life to the fullest tomorrow. Help us to see the amazing opportunities in our lives. Lord, some of us are older. Some of us have a lot of things going on that limit what we think we can do. But you still have us here. You still have possibilities. We want to follow your will. Show it to us. Amen.